0: everyone, welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne. I am your head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. And I am super excited to welcome my friend Rita Miller today. Rita is actually a CPA and she's also uh, the owner of her own coaching practice, just like I am. Uh, She loves to help individuals and businesses win with money through transformational thinking, vision, and actions. Rita specializes in one-on-one coaching, which allows her to team up with her clients and direct the focus onto their personal needs and goals. Hi, Rita. How are you?
1: I am doing great. It is so awesome to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes.
0: And so we're recording this on Christmas Eve Eve. So Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, you too. So, yeah,
1: um, a lot of things going on. Everybody's probably really busy right now this time of year. I know I am too. I was just telling Suzanne before we started that uh, I've got five grandkids coming over in about an hour to bake cookies all afternoon.
0: So that, that I, yeah, I, I mean, if that is not an endorsement for your coaching skills, I don't know what is. <laughs> If you can handle five grandkids baking in your kitchen, I can't imagine what that kitchen's going to look like once you guys are done.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I'll have to let you know. Let's see if I survive yes.
0: today. We'll see. We'll see. If you remember, send me a picture. I'll put it in the show notes. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Rita, just tell have... me about your coaching and CPA practice.
1: Yeah. So, I've been a CPA for a long time, um, roughly three decades. So, I started about 1990 as a CPA. So, I've been doing that for a long time. Um and kind of off and on, I did take some time to stay home with my kids for a while and things like that. And then founding Ramsey, oh, mid-2000s, 2006, 7 started following the plan. Fast forward later on through a bunch of different work experiences. Um, someone asked me to teach FPU. And even though I had been following the Ramsey plan, never taught FPU. And wow, it was still a game changer, even though I had been following the principles. Right. And then afterwards, I found out that uh, you could go through training through Ramsey uh, FCMT, which a lot of us coaches have done. Right. And, uh, and I thought, this is fantastic. I can actually help more people, you know, outside of even FPU and do this. And it just seemed like a great blend with being a CPA and speaking into, you know, that area with tax um, but also following Ramsey. And then I had also at one point been a university instructor and I liked teaching And I just thought, this is perfect. And so I've been kind of running with it since then. Um, What do you
0: think is the biggest uh, benefit to your previous, you know, so you were a CPA before you knew Dave. So what do you think is the biggest benefit that you have from being a CPA and kind of growing, you know, you kind of had the same career before Dave and after Dave. So how do you think that helps you help your clients?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, there's like a twofold part, but one is in being a CPA, um, it allows me to speak just in a unique way, because what I'm finding, especially in today's climate, so many people, besides wanting to get out of debt and whatnot, um, a lot of people are doing side hustles, side gigs, they want to start their own businesses, um, either as a full-time career or part-time, and I'm finding I'm really enjoying that, and you can speak into that as far as, so how is that going to affect you for taxes? What are ways you grow your business? What are the you know, pitfalls of business. What are the positives? How do you market? And just from all those decades of working with businesses, I find I can really help people with that and individual clients as well. You know, we can address a lot of things, um, and bring in that tax element,
0: which I really like. What is your number one tax tip for 2022?
1: Oh my, <laughs> there are so many. um, I'm just going to throw this out here because we're talking about businesses and, you know, you and I are business owners as well. Um, I think people don't realize that there are some unique advantages when you are um, a business owner for taxes. And one of them is if you're paying your health insurance premiums, which many of us do, or we use the marketplace and whatnot, those are deductible. Mm. Those are deductible right on, you know, right off your adjusted gross income and, I think a lot of people either miss that or they don't know about that. Um, and there are also great, uh, self-employment retirement plans that people can use. You know, it's not just the traditional IRA and there are ways to really take a huge bite out of your tax liability. Um, and also put you in line for additional tax credits because you're lowering your income. Um, mm. and I just find that really interesting and I'm able to help a lot of business owners with that.
0: Good, good. I know my, uh, I saw the uh, my little tax tip for next year is apparently everyone who's been getting the child tax credit is going to be sent a letter in January, and we need to hold on to that letter. I don't know, letter, letter one, two, three, four. I mean, I love these IRS document numbers. Yeah.
1: But the good news with that one, too, is the IRS is actually going to have an online portal. Oh, so. Good everybody can actually go look at that. You know, you lose your letter, you can go to that portal and you can find out exactly what you got, because I can tell you as an accountant, um, all the people that are going to come to me to have their taxes done, a lot of them are going to say, well, I think I got this much. Well, I don't remember getting it and it's right there. So right, easy to look up right. and that's going to help a lot of
0: people. Definitely. Definitely. Cause some people weren't even aware of the child tax credit and suddenly they just got money in the mail. So
1: Right, yeah, and I've had calls like that. Hey, this couple hundred dollars is showing up. What's going on? Like, why is it
0: here? So, yeah. It's magic. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, magic money. Um, So, all right, so that's our, we got our taxes done. What is your favorite part? Once you added the coaching thing, what was your favorite part? You know, bringing in the coaching. What's your favorite thing to do with people?
1: You know, um, I actually heard this on someone else you interviewed, and it's true. Um, It's, one, it's the most fulfilling work I've ever done. Um, You know, besides raising my own kids, um, it's amazing. And I've told people this over and over. When I get done with the coaching session, I feel like Rocky at the top of the stairs. (laughs) Seriously, every single time, Um, seeing people's lives change, seeing joy um, on a person's face, and, you know, knowing that they feel this great joy after being stressed. Um, And I think part of it is, feeling that it was hopeless, or that they didn't have any options. Mm. And I think that that's something, you know, when I talk about being a transformational coach, um, a lot of us coaches are, I think that's what we're trying to do is transform lives. Um, But we're all different in how we do it. And I know, the thing that I like is trying to make sure people brainstorm and can explore, like with my help, options, it's not Usually just, well, if I do A or B, I don't know what to do, that there are actually many, many options um, to having a better life, a better finances or a joy filled life.
0: Um, yeah. An example I always tend to give is I had clients, you know, we're, we're on session four or five and I'm like, all right, we're going to work on our sinking funds today. And I get in the session and they go, both cars died. And for the next hour, hour and a half, all we did was talk about, okay, what are our options? The used car market is terrible right now. You know, what What do we need to do? Do we really need two cars? And we just went back and forth and back and forth. And by the end of that time together, they were like, we now have a solution that we would have never thought of. And exactly. so sometimes we don't get done in our coaching sessions what we wanted to get done. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I think sometimes- funds had to wait. The sinking funds had to wait, I think, another two sessions after that. But, but I'm sure
1: like, you so find this
0: as well. Open up options is yeah, that
1: so people so beneficial. When you can create those insights and develop those options, I mean, don't you find that sometimes they're getting more value out of those sessions sometimes? I mean, those are so important to people. Yeah. Um, and I know I like that when I work with a coach, you know. Just, you know, that's a big secret, I guess, maybe that most of us coaches have coaches ourselves because we really value that relationship and someone being able to speak into our lives and really help us be better versions of ourselves. Yes. Yeah, uh, I know so I much. really appreciate that when someone's working. Yeah. And my work.
0: favorite saying is uh, don't ever go to a therapist who doesn't have a therapist. Yeah. Uh, and so I truly believe that about coaches as well. Your coach should also have a coach, even if they're being coached And like right now I have, I've employed somebody to coach me in a very specific area. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're just, you know, a, more of a strategist, consultant slash coach, They don't necessarily have to have a life coach. They could be working on something specific, but coaches should always have a coach. I totally, totally agree with that. (laughs) Exactly. So Rita, I created this show to help other people realize that we all make financial mistakes, but we are also able to learn from the mistakes of others. So Rita, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money?
1: Well, as everybody says, there are many, many, many things to choose from. Um, So I've got two that are just over the last couple of years. So one was, um, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but, uh, so I've just been kind of getting over not great relationship. And, uh, I had been at this amazing custom jewelry store the year before and saw this amazing ring and I coveted this ring. I wanted this ring so badly and it was totally out of my reach. Well, as I was going through this bad relationship and finishing that up, um, I don't know why, but the first thing that popped in my mind was, I'm going to go buy that ring. Like, that's me. I deserve it. I've been through this bad thing. And man, like I made a beeline for the store, met with the owner and we talked about it. Now, mind you, I've been following the Ramsey plan for 10 years or more. I know better, right? I know I can't afford this. And it's like, well, we have kind of a layaway plan and these are your monthly payments And, you know, of course, I've got the ring on. I'm walking around the store with it. And of course, you know, it's me. I must have this ring. I don't need this. There is nobody that needs to do something like this, right? Absolutely not. And I just convinced myself um, that I just had to have this. And I think I signed up for layaway. And it was something ridiculous, like $700 a month I was going to have to spend on a payment plan and I couldn't even have the ring. So it wasn't even like, you know, putting it on a credit card and I get to take it home. So I was going to be making all these payments, but I couldn't have the jewelry. Um, And then I put a huge down payment down too. Like we're talking thousands of dollars down payment. Stupid. So I get home the next month, you know, I'm looking at this monthly payment that's coming up and I'm thinking, oh gosh, buyer's remorse. What on earth did I do? Well, down payments, not refundable. Oh, so it's one thing to say, okay, I don't want the ring. I've never even taken it home. I don't want to make the payments. But now the couple thousands of dollars that I put down, I'm not going to get back unless
0: I buy jewelry with it. Oh, okay. So they would have given you like a store credit, basically. So a store credit. So yeah. then, you know, yeah. at some
1: point then it was, going back and negotiating and i don't like making people unhappy so i wanted to make sure i spent the money and found other jewelry and oh my gosh it
0: was oh a mess.
1: man now that being said i've got a nice necklace on that i got <gasps> that <laughs> you know and a couple of other things yeah i got a whole bunch of stuff for that down payment
0: Right, right. Um but yeah, Beverly just, Beverly said ouch and Laura makes a great point. Trying it on the ring, the clothes,
1: taking yeah. the car
0: home for a test drive oh, exactly. is dangerous. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So that was just you know, again, while I'm following the Dave Ramsey plan, living the debt free life, basically it was debt. I took on this almost seven hundred dollars a month payment to buy a piece right. of jewelry I did not need, but right, I wanted right. it.
0: And like you soil. said, no one needs jewelry. The only example I could give you of something that I've done in that sense was after my mother passed away, she had had a mother's ring <clears throat> and it was actually stolen. And I knew I wanted to recreate that mother's ring. So I went to a custom jewelry place. We planned it out. They measured everything. He designed it, blah, blah, blah. I approved the sketches. But that was something, like you said, you know, I, it I, I wanted it. I deserved it. Blah, 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 blah. I just lost my mom. I had wanted to recreate this ring for many, many, many years, but it was something that I said, okay, I have this amount of money to spend and this is what I'm going to spend on it. And I, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. When we get ourselves into trouble is when it's something that it doesn't fit in our current financial plan. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, oh my goodness! Well, you are very honest. You're so honest with us. But you said there were two things. Yeah, so there's was the second thing.
1: <laughs> and, and I, and this one, I actually, I really hope this helps people because um, this is an area I've struggled with. This is about long-term care, believe it or not. Mm. You know, we know import, how important it is to at least prepare for that strong possibility. You're going to need long-term care. Um, the average woman will need two and a half years of long-term care. That's just average straight across the board. Um, And I can't remember the exact percentage of people ultimately that will need it, but it's pretty high to some extent, you know, not necessarily the 10 years, you know, in assisted living, but most of us are going to need some kind of long-term care. Well, let's just go back kind of to the bad relationship. Um, I was convinced that, or I was um, persuaded and convinced that I needed to get, a very special long-term care policy. And so again, I'm a coach, I know better. And the product that was being uh, promoted was sort of a hybrid whole life long-term care policy. Um, It was so expensive. And as an accountant, I'm doing the math and I'm thinking the only way this is a benefit is if I get hit by a bus tomorrow because then I've only paid one premium, you know, and then I get this big payout. But over the long term, it just didn't make sense. So just to give you an idea of the cost, this would be one of these policies where you pay in um, over seven years, for example. Okay. So the premium is $13,000 a year for seven years. Wow. Yeah. And then you never pay again. So that sounds appealing, right? So that, Oh, it's not like you have to pay a long-term care forever, but that's an enormous amount of money. Well, if I took $13,000 a year and invested it, it's not going to take long to give me the same payout. So oh, again, the benefit is only if you, you know, get Alzheimer's or you get hit by a bus in the first couple of years of owning the policy. It, it just wow. didn't make sense. I didn't think it made sense, but with a lot of outside pressure, the salesperson pressure, and I buckled and I did it. And it has been a stressor in my life since then. And it's been four years, four and a half years since I purchased that. So I just want to say, um, I will officially be done with that policy on Christmas day this year. It's dragging. So two more days, It is finally over and I have just such a sense of relief that this is out of my life.
0: Um, Long-term care is such an emotional thing. So I, I I think your two scenarios here really, really hit home with a ton of people who are watching because both of these purchases were emotional. Absolutely. The ring was, Oh my, I've gone through a bad relationship. I've gone through a bad breakup. I deserve this. And the long-term care side is, I don't want my kids to have to take care of me. I want to be able to take care of myself and not put that burden on my kids. And both of those things are such emotionally charged yeah. statements that anybody could have gotten into either of these things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing of it is there are other ways to do it, it and, right. in really both scenarios, even if I didn't really need the ring, if I really wanted that, and if it was really that important to me, then I should have made a plan gee, just like I coach my clients, <laughs> should have made a plan to save some money and put it aside and delay that gratification. All right. Yeah. I would like to buy a nice piece of jewelry five years from now. Here is how I'm going to do it. Or right. long-term care is really important to me. How am I going to do it in a way that makes good sense?
0: Right. Absolutely. I probably should have had a coach then. I know, right? So I was just going to say if you could go back in time with with either of these scenarios, what would you do differently?
1: You know, I think the big one is just stepping back and not doing it impulsively, just taking that a day or a week that cooling off period. I mean, you mm. know, you and I, I'm sure you do that too. We coach people on that. Just if it's something you think you want, think about it, delay it it's going to be there. And if it isn't, life's not going to come to an end. You know, if that jewelry wasn't there two days from then, so what? Um, Taking that time. And I think also just being true to your own principles and values. Um, And these are two areas where I knew better and they really did violate my core beliefs on the best ways to handle money. I mean, I knew what the right way is and I just got swayed. I mean, you know, it, you can take that and extrapolate that out. to, you know, the moral life, you know, what's right or wrong. And yet sometimes with emotion and in the heat of the moment, you do it anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And, and from a personal standpoint, yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head with the, the emotion and the passion being involved. My husband and I almost got found ourselves in one of these situations last week. We have, um, we actually have multiple vehicles. I may have mentioned this with some other people on the show. We have four cars and two motorcycles for two people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are all paid off. There is no debt on any of them. Um, and now we're down to three cars. The truck that my husband was planning on driving this winter, uh, we don't get terrible winters here, but um, it, it can still freeze a lot. And so the truck he was planning to drive to work every day, uh, was 25 years old and it just wasn't fixable anymore. And the used car market is pretty atrocious right now. And so we found ourselves in one of these situations where we almost went in and bought a car, a truck. The truck itself was in excellent condition, but the e-brake was broken. Mm. And so we're like, not the end of the world. We don't live in like Colorado or anything, right? What does it cost to fix an e-brake? And so... The sales guy had gone to speak to his manager. My husband starts Googling it and it was a lot more money than they were willing to give us off the truck. And so luckily we had a little mini cooling off period, like you said, like just literally less than five minutes where the sales guy was with the sales manager and we were able to get our wits about us. And we're like, you guys have to fix the e-brake or we're not taking the truck. Well, we're not fixing the e-brake. We'll give you 200 bucks off. Not going to work. So just that little, it doesn't have to be a two week period, right? We can still go back and buy that truck where we just know we're going to have an almost $800 repair on the e-brake on this particular truck. Um, so we can still go back and get it. It's still there. No one else has bought it, but just that little window of time and that ability to say, okay, is this really what we want to do? That made a huge difference. We, we almost dropped 10 grand last week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now we still don't have a truck. So uh, we are going to have to get one. <laughs> But
1: again, it kind of goes back to that idea of options too. It's like, wait a minute. This truck in this particular time, that's just one option. There are many, you know? Um, And now you're going to option B because it's gonna be something
0: else, right? Exactly, we actually missed out on a truck that my husband really wanted by like, I'm not kidding you, Rita, like 30 minutes. Mm. We got there and they were already doing the financing with this finance person. (laughs) I was like, but I had cash.
1: The market is crazy. Absolutely crazy.
0: crazy. Um,
1: Just two quick stories. Just in the past week and a half, um, two new clients of mine, like within the first 24 hours of working together, they paid off their car or they sold their cars for as much or more than they owed. And one person had a brand new car. They had only bought it three months ago and they were able to come out on top. Yep, I don't think ever in the history of buying new cars, this has ever happened. So no. it's just some incredible opportunities for people, especially, you know, if their lifestyle can support it um, to get rid of these high expense, high loan, high debt cars. Um, yeah. It's a great time to do it. Now definitely, you still have to buy a used car, you know, for most right. people of some kind, but your opportunity to get rid of these cars where you've got significant debt on it never before has this
0: happened. So it's right. Kind of like- exactly. Exactly. Well, if anyone would like to talk to Rita about taxes or used cars, she is available. <laughs> 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 and all of her information, all of Rita's contact information is in the show notes below. And uh, Rita, it's been so good to talk to you. I know you and I could sit here for like two hours. So <laughs> oh, thank, you. thank you so much. I'm going to let you go. Know- uh, get changed into something a little less nice so you can get flour and sugar all over you with your grandkids. Right. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and everybody out there who's watching. I know there's a bunch of coaches watching right now. I hope you guys have a lovely Christmas and we will be back next week. I know it's a holiday week with another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Rita, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Suzanne. Merry Christmas.
0: Learned podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.